Hey guys, I'm Eric McLean. And I'm Kelly Gramlich. It's time to talk some ACC football. Let's go. Happy Wednesday, everybody, and welcome in to the Gramlich and McLean podcast. Mac, I gave a hint on Twitter about who our guest is today, and so did you. And the hint was very simple. It was, this man wears orange. <laughs> Which, you know, could go either way because the big game this weekend is Clemson-Syracuse. But if you guessed Garrett Schrader, you are correct. The quarterback from Syracuse, who is a brand new man, um, but according to him, he's not. So it was a very interesting interview. He gave us some insight on how Syracuse has been able to do what they're doing this year, how he has been able to improve so much. It was really fun to talk with him, Mac. It absolutely was. And just as you mentioned, a massive game in the Atlantic Division and if I've said that before, I have. This is almost the Every exact week. same introduction that we've done for a couple of our guests uh, that are in the Atlantic Division. It, it just feels like, KG, there's going to be a lot of momentum-type games where they, they have a lot of they could do to swing that thing and, and see who ends up in Charlotte there. Uh, but the undefeated, the number 14 ranked in the country, Syracuse Orange, of course, we had to talk to QB1, Gary Schrader. Uh, I mean, they're going to the Valley to take on number five, Clemson. I, we just had to talk to him. I wanted to see where his head was, and he did not disappoint at all. Mm-hmm. He was confident. That is a little teaser for this interview, as he should be. His team's undefeated, the number 14 in the country, and this offense is absolutely balling. So before we intro Garrett, I just want to remind our listeners here, Mac. We are on YouTube. If you haven't found us yet, go check us out. The YouTube growth since May, since we launched the YouTube page, has been amazing. And right now we are very close to 1,000 subscribers. So if you could head over to YouTube and hit that subscribe button. If you don't have a YouTube account, let me be honest, Mac. Before we launched YouTube, I didn't have a YouTube account. Now I do, and now I'm on YouTube all the time. There's so much to watch, and it's like quick little snippets, and you can watch all sorts of things. I don't know how this became an ad for YouTube, but anyway, go make an account. Subscribe to Gramlich and MacLean on YouTube. Like the video. Comment where you can. We would love to see that, but just a little shameless plug. Go subscribe. Get us to 1,000. That's right. That's right. Nothing wrong with that. Listen, we had a lot of fun with this interview, some off-the-field stuff, a lot of on-the-field stuff, but let's jump into this conversation with the Q's QB. Garrett, welcome into the podcast, my man. Really appreciate your time today. There's there's so many places that I wanted to go with this discussion, but I finally landed on this one here. Um, You're a pilot, and somehow you have your pilot's license. Tell me, how did this come about? How did you want to be a pilot, and what what is your experience? Like, are you flying the team to their game? Like, are you flying to Clemson this weekend? (laughs) No, no, I'm not. First of all, thanks for having me. yeah, no, the, the piloting, it runs in my family. You know, my great-grandfather was a World War II pilot. Wow. And, uh, you know, he he um, did a lot of stuff that, and then obviously when you do that, he was a commercial pilot for a long time and for Piedmont Air after that. And then uh, my grandfather, he could legally fly a plane before he could drive on a U.S. United States road, wow. um, which is a funny story, actually. And then um, so it just runs in the family. My mom started had a midlife crisis and start, or I guess she was a lot younger than that. And they started getting her, and she had got pregnant with my older sister. So I just kind of, we skipped, skipped that generation and it picked up with me. So it was awesome. How about that? So do I mean, do you fly frequently? Is this a hobby or is this kind of a one-off deal here? 
Yeah, no, it's it's a, it's a hobby right now. It's just when we had awesome. when COVID happened, I had it and I was in a transfer portal. It was just the perfect opportunity. You know, I don't think I have another break like that in for the rest of my life to be able to take the time to go sit down and get it. So I did it in three months, which is wow, the, uh, unheard of. And um, but no, no, I only I only really fight when I get home. I'm up here, it's all football. So. Wow. Okay. This is the only pilot that I know of in FBS. I don't know, Garrett, if you know of other pilots, but I think that that's a pretty unique thing. So that's really cool. And then another thing we've heard about you, again, we do our research here, Garrett, on the podcast. We've heard that you are somewhat of a a team mechanic. Like if something goes wrong with one of your guys' cars, you're able to fix it. Is this true? Yeah. Normally, I mean, it's just because small stuff. I mean, it's nothing that's like, you know, we're not trying to take out a transmission and put it back in. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, just, I mean, just little stuff that comes up. And now it's kind of hard, especially when it's getting cold and wet and rainy. You can't really, I don't have a lot of time to do anything. So a lot of, like, my, my, actually, my car broke down the other day. Um, it was a 97 Expedition. It had 500,000 miles on it. And, Gosh. <laughs> 500,000 miles? Yeah. Original. I mean, well, the wow. odometer says like 392, but it stopped working in 2010. So yeah, you replaced it. <laughs> you had to replace the engine or the odometer. Okay, I, I understand. So do you have like a uh, you have like a discount code for some of your offensive teammates, and you you double the defensive guys, or, or how does that work when you take care of guys? Yeah, yeah it depends on how practice is going, and you know, <laughs> it just depends. I love that, man. I love it. Well, listen, again, it sounds like you're just a good old country boy that, you know, you just call it like you see it. And I, I think I'm I'm very much the same way. And I just want to discuss your development, man, as we jump kind of into football here. And, you know, going from last year where you were a 52% passer to, to now over a 70% passer for being dink and dump and kind of taking what a defense gives you to pushing the ball downfield, really taking shots and getting in the end zone for your team and being this you know, confident guy throwing the football. I, I, I want to approach this two ways, starting with you personally and, and your development, things that you did. What did that look like from the offseason, from the summer, just things that you would do that everything that I read, even last year, you're like, I know that we can do better than this. I know that we can do more than what we're doing. So what did that look like from just a you perspective? Yeah, I mean, I think it, for me personally, it just starts with the you know the road that I've had. It's definitely the road less traveled. It seems like for a lot of people in college football, um, just having all, all those different OCs. And um, I was at a new school, so coming in Syracuse, you know, I was competing for the job and wasn't always taking all those reps and all those things. But um, eventually, when Coach Babers gave me the go ahead, um, you know, just kind of trying to build that team around what what we were good at. And obviously, when we got Sean Tuck, we were running the ball very well. And uh, that was kind of the forefront of our plan. And, you know, we only threw when we had to. And a lot of times that was on third and long. So that kind of helps with the efficiency or hurts the efficiency. And there's obvious pass down situations. And then um, just, I mean, a little bit of the scheme too, the stuff that we were running, we just weren't very efficient at or good at either. So, um, you know, but this year I'd say, that, yeah, it started with the off season, but, um, you know, huge, you know, a lot of that credit goes to Coach Coach Nye and Coach Beck and the, just the system that they've installed and given us. And then um, they're really hands-off when it comes to just learning and teaching. So, like, they will give you the information they expect, or they have the information for you and they expect you to come take it and, and grow with it. So uh, we've kind of made this offense our own. And, uh, you know, like they said, no team is always always the same. And uh, they we weren't expected to be Virginia. 
especially because they had a lot of different skill sets and um you know but so we were expected to be a lot more run heavy but now i mean as the season's going on you know we, we we're pretty good at throwing the ball and uh, we're at our best when we're spreading out and then uh that just opens up stuff for sean so um we're continuing to build our identity and we've still got a long way to go and we're only getting better so um I love that, man. And, and I think when you bring up Coach and I and you bring up looking like Virginia and things of that nature, I, I was jacked up in the preseason, man. When, when that happened and when those coaches and Coach Beck and Coach and I were hired at Syracuse, I was thinking, man, well, what is this going to look like? Because you have two absolute weapons in yourself and Sean Tucker, and then I knew that they would fill in the pieces. But the creativity, the 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 things that you do schematically, motions, getting Sean all over the place, same thing with your wide receivers. I mean, we put Gadsden in the backfield, ran a rail route with him, and you hit a wide open touchdown. How much fun has that been to to just be an offense that is creative, that's gonna get their playmakers the best ability to to score and to be successful? Yeah, no, it's been it's been awesome. It's fun to see. Um, because no game plan is ever the same. Like last year we kind of we're running the same stuff over and over again. But um, just, yeah, getting those guys and those opportunities in different positions. And then um, obviously you got to go out and play it. And I think the most exciting thing for us is that we know offensively we have not even come close to playing our best football or even playing a complete game this year. So that's, that's fun. That's fun knowing that going into this week especially, especially with a team that we feel like we match up really well against. So um, it'll be exciting, you know. We love what we got, and we're – as we start to watch them more, and, you know, like I said, I was doing tutoring this morning trying to knock out his homework so I could just study for the rest of the week. We like that, Garrett. We know that that student-athlete grind, getting that work done early. And you mentioned the matchup this week. We will get to that. We promise. Can't wait to break down some Syracuse-Clemson. But I did see a lot of coverage online and some different articles that were written about your work with QB Country in North Carolina and, and some of the coverage there. And I would just love if you could give us one or two things that you specifically take out the new scheme, take out Coach and I and Coach Beck. One or two things that you specifically worked on in the off season that you think has really paid dividends now. Yeah, I mean, I work. Uh, Anthony Boone is named my quarterback trainer down there in Charlotte, and he's one of the best in the country. There's no doubt about that. And just the stuff he he works with a bunch of NFL guys, um, like uh, PJ, you know, at Carolina. He's worked with Daniel Jones for a little bit because they're all Charlotte, all those Charlotte guys. But um, mm-hmm. Sam Howell now, who has just left UNC. We all, you know, we all kind of work out together. So, um, I mean, I haven't really changed a whole lot, despite what, you know, everybody says, you know, because <laughs> the way you throw is the way you throw. And, you know, I've always been felt confident in my ability. It's just it wasn't a matter of how it was getting done. It was more of, you know, what we were doing on the field, X's and O's wise, that um, was a little bit limiting. But um, and even throughout the history of like that, the offense, uh, the highest person ever completion percentage-wise, I think was Jimmy G at EIU, and he was, like, right above 60%. So when you put that into perspective, I mean, you know, statistically it's not very exciting outside. (laughs) Relatively, you know, it's like what it's just what you kind of what you deal with. But, uh, no, I mean, I work with them just trying to stay sharp and uh, talk football IQ and just do all that stuff, the game plan stuff. But, um, I mean, I haven't changed a whole lot, but just – been steady working and trying to be as consistent as possible. How about your relationship with Coach Beck? It, it, it seems like he's the voice of reason. It seems like he's this calm guy. H- how has that been since you guys have have known each other? Oh yeah, I mean he's really he is he is a pretty mellow guy. I mean 
even this weekend when everybody coach coach and I was yelling at me after you know because we had two turnovers. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Coach Beck's just like he'll just be like, "What are you thinking there?" You know, like that kind of stuff. <laughs> but um, you know, he definitely is. He he understands because he you know he's played the position, he's played the game, and uh, he knows how things go. And you know, he, I feel like he he trusts what I see because you know I've, after a while, you know, I've showed to him that I we pretty much see the same thing out in the field, but. Um, you know, it's just the way he, he goes about talking about the game. And, uh, you know, you, you might make a – what you think is a really nice throw. He's just like, hey, man, nice throw there. And then the next, let's just get the next play. It's just like – just I don't know. It's just the whole mindset. And the more I've been able to be around him and, you know, work with him, he's um, kind of given me that same insight. And so trying, I'm, I'm always trying to see things on the same page as him. And uh, the more that we do that, the better things have been working out. And we've had a much higher. Garrett, there's no doubt. I mean, that's the the numbers have shown that, and and we know you're a big guy. I mean, you you fit that mold of kind of the bigger quarterback who can use his legs, but you do have speed, which is you know a very unique skill set. Um, is there a guy out there, a quarterback or two, that you've loved to watch for the past couple of years? That I know you're your own quarterback, but maybe that you model your game after. Is is there a, a QB or two that you could name? Yeah, I kind of moved around. Everybody kind of compares me to Josh Allen right now just because of, you know, the New York and, you know, big guy. We're pretty similar in uh, stature to him. But, um, I mean, I just love watching a good football. So uh, I watch a lot of Mahomes. I'd say Brett Favre is probably all the time one of my favorite guys to watch. And only watch him at least once a week. Like, Come on, gunslinger mentality, man. I like that. But um, no, I like. I mean, I like Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, obviously. Those are Those are probably my – three that I watched the most. Okay. I like that. And then we, we've talked about this um, on our episode that came out on Monday, just recapping the win over NC state. And we've mentioned him quite a few times because of his emergence, but a guy like Aronde Gadsden, the second, which first of all, great name. But when we were talking about Syracuse in the preseason, we knew, okay, there's a two headed monster. It's Schrader and Tucker. Who else can emerge? And Gadsden has really been that guy. He's become your go-to. I mean, he's just, his numbers are incredible. Did you feel like that was going to be the case? Did you see that in the offseason? What's your relationship like with him? Oh, yeah. I mean, OG, he's a big, big, strong uh, receiver, and uh, he runs very well. And uh, we got him at that flex Y, so he's, you know, he's a tight end, um, especially on the roster. And so, um, you know, when you have him in the slot, a big guy like that, he's always matched up against safeties. And, you know, his whole life he's been an outside receiver playing against corners, especially down there in Florida. You know, so he knows how to run routes and uh, get open. But uh, him just being against those corners and those slot guys, I mean, it's it's a tough matchup, and especially with all the stuff we do offensively, you know, it's, it's tough for them to guard him. And, I mean, it, it, he's just he's, he's really smart and a heady football player, so he knows how to find space and get open uh, just within the context of the scheme. So that's why, that's why he's been so successful. Let's go big picture here, G, because it's something, before we dive into this Clemson conversation, you guys are undefeated. You're 14th in the country. Did you expect this? Did you think this? I know you're confident. I know you're a confident guy, but I mean, this is truly remarkable to see this run that Syracuse is on and and how you guys are playing at such a high level right now. Yeah, I know. I had no doubt going in, especially after last season. And um, I mean, it was so frustrating because we were five and seven last year, and we were. I mean, if you take three minutes of our season on the upper end, I mean, we could easily add eight, nine, even ten wins. 
And because um, and three of them came in the same week with all came down the last and were in the one month that all came down the last play. So um, just knowing the stuff that we were doing and the fact that we were competitive in those games was, um, I mean, it was promising. And then with the new offense, when we got the spring ball, you know, in practice we could barely move the ball in our defense last year. And we'd come out the first four five practices of spring ball, we were just giving it to them. So. Um, that, that's kind of when we knew, and then that back and forth, you know, defense get us one day, and then we get them one day, that that kind of started going. So that competitiveness, we knew, that's how we knew we were going to be good. Well, and you also knew you were going to be good because you have Sean Tucker, and this guy is one of the best players in the country. Now, you knew you were going to be good, 6-0. and Some people doubted you. I like that that you didn't. But we've you've probably heard this question a million times, and this guy is just so good. But what makes Sean Tucker that good? What's the difference with him? I mean, you know, he, he sees the hole well, and um, a lot of it you got to give credit to our Coach Schmidt and our, our run game scheme. You know, we, we kind of struggled early compared to last year with what we were doing and um, just find the right personnel that we can be the most efficient with and effective with. And um, I feel like last week we started to – that was our first week really growing with that identity. So, But, uh, you know, just giving him the opportunity to run on safeties and have, you know – make one guy miss and it makes it when he when he could do that it makes it a lot easier for us to to run the ball and he does a lot of spectacular things he's fast he's explosive he's strong he can catch the ball so we even put him out in the out in the um that slot receiver out out wide and just you know in space if he can get because he can catch the ball and then linebackers not used to guard him out there so doing that kind of stuff i love what you what you brought up there about your defense earlier and, and just said you know, they were kind of picking on us, and now we start getting even. Now we start winning. I mean, I felt like for a couple of years now, this defense was right on the verge of being very special. And now they've developed into the number one defense in the ACC. You see these guys each and every day. What has allowed them? How have they gotten to this consistent level where they are the number one defense in the conference? Uh, I, I mean, it starts with Coach White. You know, he, he does a it's just the mentality he, he instills in them and the energy and passion he brings to the game. But um, And then it trickles down, you know, I, I'd like to say that linebacking core. And then, yeah, and then I, I say that's where it starts next. And then, you know, they set the tone and then everybody else kind of falls in line. But, like, our um, the DBs especially, and they got a whole newfound, you know, kind of juice to them and confidence and swag about them. And then um, the D-line, you know, who had a lot of doubts and speculation about how good they were going to be, but they they have been more than holding their own. There has not been a lot of drop off there, so they've been doing a good job. Garrett, I think it's time to talk a little Clemson Syracuse here, and it's been such an interesting um, series between these two teams. And it's you could argue that Syracuse, of every team in the ACC, has played Clemson the toughest over the last five six years since that win up in the dome in twenty seventeen. So. For you, that was a very close game last year. Clemson barely won it up in the Dome. Now it's down in Death Valley. Give me your initial thoughts on this game and also your initial thoughts on playing Clemson down in Death Valley. Yeah, I think it'll, I mean, it'll be an exciting atmosphere. And we're, we've already started practicing for, um, you know, for that atmosphere that we're going to be playing in. And, um, I mean, I'm excited. I mean, I, this is what you play the game for, these kind of games. And I think it'll be exciting. And, um Especially knowing that we just we match up really well against them historically, even even knowing now that we're more talented and more explosive than we ever have been. So I th- I like to see how it's going to play out, but uh, and just kind of compare that and 
add in you know that, that environment to it. There's definitely a lot of excitement there, and we're ready to get practice. And, and um, just the more I watch, and the more excited I get. So it'll be a fun game. Well, the rest of us are excited too. Garrett, do you have any thoughts? I know you. This is only your second year at Syracuse, but do you have any thoughts on why Syracuse has played Clemson so closely over the last couple of years? I don't. know. I mean, you know, just playing playing a top ranked team in the country. Obviously, you want to play them tough, but. It, I mean, I can't, I can't pinpoint one reason, but um, I mean, just schematically, it's stuff. You know, they got a great, you know, they got, they got a, they got a great club, and they, um, you know, they got, um, there's that D line they got is really very stout, and then uh, that kind of sets the tone for their defense. But um, you know, Coach Sweeney's been doing a good job too, as well, just building that program. So I mean, I don't know, I don't know why, but you know, I'm excited. I think this, this is our year to take them down, and. Um, I mean, there'd be no better way to do it than uh, Death Valley. That's right, man. It's a hard place to play. Those guys haven't lost there in, in a long, long time. So an amazing feat uh, that that certainly would be. You bring up that defensive line and, and just how you know special they are, the problems that they can cause. When, when you're facing a team like that, how does that change your process post-snap, knowing that maybe that clock's a little quicker? Yeah, I mean, I, we're going to – account for that and try to you know try to neutralize them a little bit with uh through different ways to get them tired but um i mean you know just going to trust coach, coach nine and um his offensive staff and what they're going to do and uh, i know they're, they're meeting right now and probably getting all that stuff ready so I'll, I'll go see them in a little bit and uh we'll figure out what we're doing but um i mean i don't know i'm just i'm just i'm, I'm i can i can play tomorrow but you know <laughs> Yeah, we would be down for that. How about just a series, five or six games in a row? That might be tough on you guys. Well, we don't want to keep you from going to talk to Coach Beck and Coach Anai and getting this game plan ready to go. So before we get out of here, Garrett, I just could you give us a couple keys? I mean, don't give away too much, obviously, but if Syracuse were to upset Clemson in Death Valley, what, what will have gone right for you guys? Uh, I mean, I'd probably say obviously turnovers is uh, the big thing and the penalties. They should be the two number one things or the two things that have been holding us back the most from really being who we're capable of being. I mean, outside of that, just, you know, keep doing the routine stuff that we've been doing and capitalizing once you get past the 50. And, um, you know, I have no doubt that we're going to do that this weekend. And, um, you know, I'm excited. You know, but we, and explosive plays as well. There's, there's going to be opportunities when the big plays are, are there. you gotta you got to make them happen. you gotta make them got to make them hit, so. There you go, big man. Well, we're super excited to watch this game. Very grateful for your time. Go study up, get that homework done, and let's get to all ball, my man. I appreciate you very much. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Man, that that was a lot of fun, KG. Talking to our guy, Garrett Schrader there, the, the confidence was just oozing out of him, which I love because especially in a matchup like this where you're going to Death Valley where they have not lost a game since I think 2016. It's like 100 million games in a row there. Uh, Good thing it's not a night game. It's a noon kickoff. Uh, But that place is going to be rocking. And and so you need your best foot forward. Certainly sounds like Garrett Schrader is going to have it. I I love that interview. That was a ton of fun. I loved his confidence. And I I think he should be. You know, he should be confident. And you can tell he's a no-nonsense kind of guy. And I I thought it was very interesting. You know, when when we say, look, your numbers, like your completion percentage has gone up 18%. You're, you know, on all these watch lists. Your team's undefeated. You're playing great football. And he really said that he didn't change much. 
Um, and I, I think he, he meant that in a humble way. Like I'm, I'm still doing what I do, but the scheme has been so different and the scheme has really accentuated his skill set. It shows how important scheme is in college football and how important having that continuity with your offensive coordinator. We've seen the complete opposite happen at Virginia and at Miami, a new scheme, even though TBD is still throwing for a billion yards, but a new scheme, if the player, if, if the player feels like it doesn't accentuate his skill set, I think there can be a problem. And it seemed like that was the, the deal last year with Syracuse. Credit Dino Babers for making this switch. And I'm sure that he and Dino had some conversations in the offseason where Dino's saying, look, we're right. going to get you a better scheme. And it has absolutely paid off. So it's really a cautionary tale about how important fit and scheme is in college football. No, I, I don't think there's any question about that. I, I will say I do think you know, there's a little bit of credit that he needs to give himself more, just yeah, either locking in or, or doing, you know, different things because I, I'm reflecting back and I'm thinking, I mean, there was a couple of passes where I'm just like, what's this guy doing? Mm-hmm. He's throwing ducks, he's airmailing stuff. And I haven't seen that at all this yeah. year. So I do agree with the scheme. It, it's tremendous. It's very important, but he is also, he has gotten much better. And so give yourself a little credit there. Yeah. G. You're doing better. KG, KG, one thing that I thought was, was interesting that you asked him, you said, why has Syracuse had this success where they're kind of that thorn in Clemson's mm-hmm. side where they played them very well since, you know, the beginning of them coming into the, to the ACC there, there's only really been one, maybe two blowout games in Clemson's favor. And I think you, you have a little hunch here. So I'm interested to see your answer. All right. This is, this is just a working theory here, but to Max point, and what we were talking about with Syracuse-Clemson, this series has been pretty close. Now, what people forget is that since Syracuse joined the ACC, Syracuse has only beaten Clemson once. I think if you ask the average fan who knows that Syracuse gives Clemson fits, they would say, oh, they've beaten him at least twice. But no, it was only once in 2017 in the Dome, um, and that was the Kelly Bryant year for Clemson, and that was a 27-24 to win for Syracuse. Here are the other close games that we've seen, though. 2014, Clemson won 16-6. to 2015, Clemson won 37 to 27. 2018, Clemson won 27 to 23. That was the Chase Bryce game for Clemson. And then, of course, last year, Clemson won 17 to 14 in a game that honestly Clemson probably had no business winning. So last year, I felt like was really the year that Syracuse had the best chance to beat Clemson. Um, and then maybe the year where Trevor Lawrence got hurt. But there have been a lot of close and uncomfortable games for Clemson fans. I think that it's truly a mental thing here. Now, I, I think that this defense is unique in many ways with how they play their backers and their secondary, and they put a lot of guys in the, in the second half of the field. I think it's really disrupted Clemson's quarterbacks in the past, but I also think it's just a confidence factor. I, I, we couldn't get Garrett to tell us this, but I feel like there's something that happens <laughs> in Clemson week in the Syracuse locker room where Dino perhaps gets up and tells an ins- the inspirational story about 2017, and there are guys that... There's probably no one left that played in, in that game. But the stories have kind of been passed down. It's like folklore <laughs> up at Syracuse. And you think of the games last year. It's like every couple years, Syracuse plays them really close. So you have the confidence in whatever set of players is still on the roster. And the bottom line here is I think Syracuse is just, since 2017 and maybe even earlier, they haven't been afraid. They're not afraid right. of Clemson. There's no fear. And I think that yeah. Dino fosters that in the locker room. I, I'm, I'm not theory. laughing at your point. I'm laughing 
and how it was presented and that it is folklore <laughs> like that it's a passed down, down legend. The, like the, the seniors take the young freshmen yes. to the hieroglyphics on the exactly. wall and say, exactly. we did, we've done this before. Mm-hmm. We, we can do this. That's what happens. <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. I don't know what it is, but they play them well, seemingly all the time. And they have a really good plan. So credit Coach Babers, credit you know the, the staff that have been there before these guys, and, and they get it going. Um, when I look at this game, KG, I don't think there's ever been higher stakes played in this game than right now. I don't think these teams have ever, I know that. I know they've never been undefeated playing each other. Um, and winner essentially going, you know, to Charlotte to, to play in the ACC championship. Now, Syracuse, Syracuse schedule starting with Clemson is very difficult. This thing speeds up in a hurry. So that's your reward, you know, for going six and oh here. And then the Tigers, you know, it's a moderate. It's okay. You know, they do play Notre Dame at Notre Dame. But that doesn't count. And Miami coming to town. Yeah, it's not it's not not for conference play. So, you know, when, when I look at that, KG, I, I think there's certainly there is a ton of pressure on Syracuse to get this gauntlet started off in, in the right way and and not not necessarily a, a W, uh, but just playing at, at a high level because it, it gets really tough in a hurry here, KG. I hear that with Syracuse's remaining schedule. They have Clemson, Notre Dame, Pitt, Florida State, Wake, BC. So very <laughs> tough road ahead. But the pressure is still on Clemson here. And I think that's another thing that helps Syracuse in these matchups. Even though Syracuse has played Clemson well, the pressure's never, never on Syracuse in these games. <laughs> Syracuse has su- surprised everybody with what they've done. So the pressure is going to be on Clemson. I do think from a big picture perspective, the fact that this game's at noon is, is a positive. The 27-23 Chase Bryce game was a noon game. So you want to you want to play at noon on the road. I think that's good for Syracuse. And right now, as of Monday when we're recording this, Clemson is a 13-point favorite. We will break down the X's and O's of this game more on Friday. But, Mac, overall, how do you feel about that number? 13 points is what Syracuse is getting. You know, it's interesting. I'm going to do some research as I babble here because I received a text message on Sunday uh, from one of my producers who was a little bit upset because I tried to get him to bite on a different number. <laughs> He texts me it was minus 16 and a half. Okay. So if that's true, I'm not sure where he got that, but it's already gone down three and a half points. So, you know, people probably saw that and said, absolutely, we're taking cues with the number here. Let, let's do it. Um, so I, I think that that is an interesting point. Kind of reverse history is happening right before our eyes here because Clemson is covering very well this year. You know, normally right. they don't. In, in, Last in year very they were one of the history. worst teams in the ACC in terms of covering right. the Right. And, and, you know, that probably was what it was. And, and I probably need to look at the, the two years before that, which I still think historically we haven't been good at covering uh, the, the spreads there. So it's a fascinating number. I think the over under might be more fascinating at, at 51 right now. will be interesting to see what, what happens with that line. But two really good defenses. I mean, the, the statistical number one defense in the ACC in Syracuse and then mm-hmm. Clemson. I mean, we, we know the challenges that they can provide for any team and a team that's getting better. The the one kind of overarching key for me, and, and this will probably be my key on Friday as well, is can Syracuse run the ball like FSU did? Because that that's something we haven't seen right. maybe since like 2014 when Clemson played Georgia because Georgia just – Housed us. We we couldn't tackle any of their running backs. They were running all over the yard. Max says us because he played in that game. Us. I was there. I witnessed <laughs> it. I was in it. Uh, and, and what was interesting about that was we went on to have the number one defense in the country that year with total defense, points, yards, all these different things. And so 
is it was last week an awakening for Clemson mm. or was it kind of this spotlight of because they've already kind of got awoke by Sam Hartman and throwing for maybe that's what they needed yeah. um, or was it that spotlight of oh, there's a little problem here let's see if we can exploit this if we're Syracuse so I'm fascinated to kind of see that game within the game chess match between Anai and Goodwin two people that we know are, are just masterminds and geniuses and and it's going to be fascinating schematically to watch what happens in this game. It really is. I do think Syracuse's defense is something that we might not talk about as much this week because everyone's so blown away by what the offense is doing at Syracuse. But right. as you said, this defense is the best in the ACC right now. And this is a defense that has a lot of experience against Clemson. This is a defense that held Clemson to 17 points last year. I think this defense is coming in with a lot of confidence. And overall, except for, honestly, like the middle eight of FSU and the fourth quarter of BC, Clemson's offense hasn't looked amazing the last two weeks. I think they've had some moments, some lulls in the game that Syracuse probably thinks they can take advantage of if they can force some turnovers. So I think Syracuse is almost playing its best football this year, whereas Clemson maybe isn't playing its best right now. So that's an interesting factor. But... Like we said, Mac, the X's and O's will come on Friday. We just wanted to hit this game a little big picture here. (laughs) But I still think, I mean, what more could you ask for? Undefeated, top 15, and kind of the the team that's been the thorn in Clemson's side a little bit. Right. And let's do it with with all-in type of chips and and make this a a massive battle here. ABC, see it all for the nation. The one thing that I I am interested in seeing, you're talking about a team that's playing at their best, a team that that is not necessarily – what I want to know is Clemson is battle-tested, have one of the True. best records in, in the entire country. I think it's second in the country in regards to st- strength of record. Hughes is not, but they're confident. So what what outweighs what? Yeah. A team that it has been battle-tested and has been through it and has faced adversity and knows not that Hughes has faced adversity. He had a couple walk-off wins. Or a team that – you know, they're feeling really good. How much does confidence outweigh that preparation? They're, this game's going to be so fun. I can't wait for Friday. I'm already oozing trying to to get you all these stats and numbers here, but it's it's going to be a great matchup. And, okay, last thing on this game, we promise. And then we'll talk a little Georgia Tech-Virginia. <laughs> Something that no one's really talking about. Uh-oh. Syracuse has only played one road game so far. Their schedule has been quite beneficial from that regard. They are great in the Dome. They had a sold-out Dome. Their fans are showing up. The Dome has been loud. Their one road test was at UConn. That's not a test. That's so, a scrimmage. Hold on. So you're so, telling me you're going from 2,000 fans to 90,000 fans? That's that's what we're going to do here? 83,000 fans? Yes. Yeah. I, I think that's something pressure to keep an eye on. Pressure. Something to keep an eye on, Max. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Speaking of the road, Ooh. we've got Thursday Night Lights as well. We're going to preview this game that is happening tomorrow. And it's a kind of a sad game, but it's okay. We're going to talk about it. Georgia Tech hosting Virginia. <laughs> Maybe a little more sad for UVA. Georgia Tech's 3-3, three 2-1 three, in the league. I mean, Georgia Tech, since they fired Jeff Collins, they're undefeated. They are hosting Virginia, who's 2-4 and 0-3 and and in the league. This is a 7.30 p.m. kick on ESPN Thursday night. Georgia Tech's a 3.5-point favorite. Georgia Tech has looked good at home. They just beat Duke, a team who should have beaten UNC last week, as we talked about. They beat Pitt on the road. <laughs> they are flying high. They are feeling confident. Both teams coming off a bye, and... Virginia's coaches are now at Syracuse and doing amazing things. I mean, that's really the bottom line here. I think it all relates back to Syracuse a little bit. Can Virginia put up a fight in this Thursday night game? I will see. We will see. Because I think what you said there with Georgia Tech, I mean, I just can't wait to watch these guys again. And and when the heck 
would I have said that? Probably preseason. That was it. And then you saw what yeah. you saw, and you're like, okay, well, more of the same. They're playing so confident. They're playing at, at such a high level. I just want to see, can they keep it going? And can they really make this right. thing with Coastal Chaos one of the craziest years that we've ever seen? That only conference loss that they have is to the number five team in the country in the Clemson Tigers. So these, and which is in the Atlantic, they're in a really good spot right here mm -hmm. to make some stuff crazy. I, I think that myself included at times has kind of deemed Carolina as the, the team that, that's going to be playing in Charlotte, Miami. I know they lost to Carolina, but Miami, Georgia Tech, and these guys are right in it with North Carolina. The, those three, some need a little help, some control their own destiny. It's going to be fascinating to see what, what do these teams do and what this race ultimately looks like. Georgia Tech's throwing the ball extremely well. They're running the ball very well. Defense is playing inspired. That's not a good mismatch. That's not a good matchup for a Virginia team that doesn't know who they are, doesn't know what they want to do, bunch of individuals called by their coach, and is drops going to drops, lead the country in drops individually and as a team. And it's just not a good environment for them to be in. So the one thing that I am interested to see now that they've had these two weeks or a week and a half, however you want to look at it, off, what do you look like? What, what was done yeah. in that time? Was there this kumbaya moment where we all come together and we're like, coach, you're right. We're being selfish. We're not doing the things necessary. We have all the skills to do it. Let's come together as a team. That's what we're going to find out from Virginia. Or are the wheels totally off and this thing's going to be miserable for a year? I can't wait to see that. I think this game will be very telling in that regard, Mac, because they are coming off a bye. Yeah. Did they use the bye to regroup, or is this kind of a lost season? And then for Georgia Tech, the bye almost came at a bad time because they're so hot. So hot, exactly. So <laughs> does that affect them? But, you know, Jeff Sims, he's – He's definitely playing like the better quarterback coming into this game, and yeah. his his weapons around him are helping him more. Weird things do happen on a Thursday night. There's no <laughs> doubt about that, Mac. But most of the time, you lean towards the home team right. on a Thursday night. So if we're going to make picks on this game because it is Thursday, I'm going to take Georgia Tech minus 3.5. I think Georgia Tech, with how hot they've been playing, how confident they've been playing, and the fact that they're at home, I think Tech finds a way to win another ACC game and stay in the race for the Coastal. Absolutely amazing. I'm going with you. I, I totally agree. I think GT covers, and I think I think it's going to be over. I think offenses are going to be inspired mm. in this game, um, and, and they get it going and figure it out. I think <laughs> we might see some good football. That's what I'm hoping we see. That's that's all I'm hoping for. I'm hoping for good hey, football. You guys are coming off bye weeks. There's no short week no. crap. Let's and go. look, Mac, you know what I can guarantee? I'm not sure who's playing on Thursday night in the NFL. Yes, I was about to say But those Thursday night games yes. have been so hideous. There will be more points in Georgia Tech, Virginia than whatever the NFL game is. Yes, listen, nobody has Amazon Prime anyway. Go to ESPN. It's on cable. Go to a bar. Go wherever and watch this game. You don't want to watch that bad NFL product. Come watch college football. Uh, I'm with you, KG. That, that A bad, unlucky spell for our boy Kirk Herbstreet with the amount of miserable Thursday night he's football doing fine. we've seen. Yeah, he, he's, he's great. He's he's fine. He's wiping his tears with $100 bills. He's okay. He's okay. But guys, he was on our podcast, by the way, if you missed it. Go yeah, go check it out. One of our best episodes we've had. He, he was great. He was great. But that's it for this episode of Grambling and Mac Lane. Big shout out uh, to our boy TC at Syracuse and, of course, Garrett Schrader for his over to YouTube. We're so close to that subscribe number. Get us to 1,000. That would be awesome accomplishment for us and for you guys following along for this fun journey. You can also go over to iTunes, the OGs, if you will, where we started this thing from the ground up. Subscribe to the channel. Rate, review. Always fun to hear from y'all. But until next time, we'll see y'all.